Hey everybody, this is Theophilus from TZ Coaching and you're listening to the Noble Father Podcast. Whether you're a dad that stays at home, works from home, or away from home, our roles are essential. To a son, it's an illustration of how life as a man is done, and to a daughter, an example of the type of man to look for in the future. But in either case, a noble father stands firm for what he believes, leads with his actions, and embodies a healthy balance of body, mind, and spirit. He pushes himself hardest and commands his time respectfully because he knows how precious the present is. Join me as we discover what it means to live as a noble father. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Noble Father podcast. Um, Today is Halloween, so it's going to be a lot of fun tonight, and uh, my kids are going to get a boatload of candy, which they already have. (laughs) We've taking part in some uh, festivities already, and um, yeah, so, you know, some might judge me and say that, oh, you're a Christian, why are you celebrating Halloween? Well, you know, it's 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 where the, where's my heart at? <laughs> that was last episode, so if you haven't listened to that, go check it out. I've been in my mind a lot about uh, this episode, and, you know, what am I, what am I talking about? You know, what do I want to talk about? There was a moment in this week where, oh yeah, you must forgive me. I'm also a little sick. And so my mind and my head is kind of, it's hurting a little. I've been coughing a lot. My chest is, is it's hurting from all the coughing. So, um, yeah, you'll have to forgive me. I think this episode is going to be a little bit, it's a flow episode for sure. I didn't want to overthink it. Just hit the record button and just put it out there. Um, I mean, you're talking about, I think along the lines of something like sins of the father, um, and you're going to see this week, there's a lot of things that have happened this week that um, kind of fall in line with that. And and um, I'm going to be talking about that a little bit. <clears throat> so um, the thing that really spurred this conversation in me, uh, this this topic in me this week was like, I woke up one of the one of the days and, you know, um, preparing a kids, your kids um, like school meals for the day is you know it's a it's a tall task it's a it's a it's a it's a hard it can be hard sometimes and you know there's gonna be days you don't want to get up and you don't want to do it and you know I face that resistance like any father and so you know that day I I I think that was actually that was probably the Friday after was that the Friday after anyways sometime this week I was, um, you know, we, we made rice the night before. And so it kind of, we had cold rice in the fridge and we were able to make fried rice. And, and, you know, I, I was thinking about, man, like my own, my own life growing up when I, so to give you a context of my own life, when I was growing up, my, there was, whenever we were sufficient and able to do things ourselves, my mom didn't do much of the I mean it was only for like a couple of years I I recall where it was like in high school where um actually for like two years I think I I you know we we would make sandwiches only to to bring to school and there were actually days where we just like ah forget it we don't want to make anything too lazy and then didn't do it and so we just go to school starving the whole day and and mind you I, I am not a breakfast eat like I'm not part of a breakfast eating family. And so 
you know, when I talk about the sins of the father, sins of the mother or whatever, like I, I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to put down my mother or anything or put down my dad or anything. It's just that whenever I was growing up, I didn't have that great, um, how do you say that? Like routine, I guess you can say. And so, you know, you can imagine what my, my high school years were like. My grades greatly suffered and they weren't, uh, you know, they probably suffered on account of nutrition, right? You talk about Jordan Peterson all the time. He talks about, you know, nutrition. It's like, goodness, like, let's look at your diet. Like, what are you eating? And, you know, goodness, you're starving. Like, why are you not uh, eating? You're not, you know, part of what you put into your body accounts for what comes out, you know? And so, you know, you can't expect your mind to function and learn if you're not giving it adequate fuel. And, you know, that definitely... Um, you know, accounted for, you know, where I was. And so, you know, I was making the fried rice and I was just thinking like, you know, I wonder how, how many children out there don't have, you know, just like have a, a Lunchables or, you know, just like throw, throw in a couple of, ba- you know, bag of chips or something. And then, you know, call that lunch for the day. And, and how much of that uh, equates to the results that our children see in life, you know, I, I won't begin to understand what families are going through and how difficult COVID must have been for, for some of these people, you know, maybe for them, it's like, and they don't even have the money to, to, to you know, stay alive, let alone, you know, cook a, a nice, you know, meal for them for lunch. You know, I totally understand that, but you know, that's not to say every situation is like that, right? There are going to be situations where, you know, you can buy good food and you can, you know, it just requires more of your time. And so, you know, in my mind, whenever I was cooking, I was just like, man, laziness accounts for so much of the, the, the results our, our children see. And, and in that, in that same conversation, it's like, well, then generational damage and generational sin with its generational, um, consequences is, is a very real thing, right? Um, you know, uh, a lot of the criminals that you see that are locked up, you know, they, they grew up with a lot of brokenness in their families. You know, some were sexually assaulted as children or sexually molested or, you know, somebody did something to them at a young age. And then they go to do that to other people. You know, how far you look at look up, like how far do you want to go? And and, um, you, you know, that equates to this really like this. this It's just it's incredibly sad, you know, to really think about that. And um it's no wonder, right? We do what we're shown, especially like divorced families. Like, you know, once divorce enters the family, it's like, well, man, and I've seen this before. It's just like divorce happens and like more than, like I think the the statistics now is like more than 50% of marriages out there end up in divorce or some kind of separation. And it's like, so it's so normalized. I've said this before in a podcast before. It's just like, it's so normalized and, you know, what does that do for the mind of our, our, our kids, right? Like they, they see it, oh, it's normal. And so it's okay. You know, like we've excused it and, and it's, it's not okay. And you're not doing okay. Um, and, and so, you know, this premise of, you know, think, just think about it for your own life, right? Like, what do you, is there is there that is there laziness that accounts for some kind of less than ideal result for your child you know for me sometimes it's like oh, i don't want to make much you know lunch for my children or whatever i still make it but 
like in my own life, whenever I was in high school, it was like, well, I, I don't feel like making a sandwich. And nobody nobody noticed that I didn't make a sandwich for lunch. And I just didn't have breakfast or just had like a bowl of cereal. And then, you know, I'm out the door and I walk to school and, you know, kind of left alone to my thoughts. You know, it was like growing up was, you know, I told my story. It's like growing up was just like incredibly lost. Like I just... I was never shown how to think, didn't have much of a role model to look at to see how being a man was, you know, um, outside of the church, you know, being a pastor is, you know, it is a, it is a, it is not a common role, you know, not a lot of fathers go down that route. And I, I, I didn't know what to think. What, 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 what do I think of? How do I make sense of my existence? You know, I, I, you know, it almost made me an interesting, like in this topic is like, it made me think that I, I'm destined to be a pastor then, right? Because I am seeing my dad do those things and he's doing all these things and I'm watching him do it. And, and if anything, that's a great example of how to do it. And that to me was what it meant to be a man. There was no, you know, there, there, I, I think you kind of understand what I'm trying to say here is like, I, the version of the the dad that I saw was all I saw of of being a man. I, I I didn't get that from anywhere else. Like I lived in like Venezuela for seven years from three to ten. Like I, I didn't go out much. I didn't you know go to the church here and there. But like there weren't a lot of like male role models, I guess, for me in that in those settings. When I was a kid, there's a lot of these adults that these like older men adults like they would just like do like borderline inappropriate things like you know I'm a little kid and you know come up and like pull my pants off or you know actually that happened a lot they're just like pulling my pants off and you know giggle and they'd laugh or whatever and you know that accounts for who I am today too you know as minuscule as that is the fact that I'm still able to talk about it is 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 a thing. So you know, my my idea of a, of a man growing up was was difficult. It wasn't, you know, dad was always always gone. It was like, is this what being a father is like? like yeah, you got to provide for your family. So does that mean that that's that's what's in store for me one day? And you know, the fact that you're sitting here listening to this podcast like doesn't go over my head because like you know I'm not living that life I'm not doing that and so you know that's the encouragement for me to from me to you is like you know how much of what you're living is what you've been shown and like are you going to continue perpetuating it or maybe you already moved past it and you're being more present than you, than your father has ever been and and even you know those are conversations to be had but we must continue to strive and be better because by no means am I a perfect father. By no means am I the, you know, epitome of what I think a father should be like. You know, we all have holes and we all have areas we need to improve upon. And I've never been about like boasting about how good I am as a father. You know, I I have I have iniquities too. I have things that I am not good at either. And and, and by no means is it a competition either. Like I think of myself as, as my own yardstick for myself. It's like, did I do today better than I did yesterday? And am I, am I going to, what am I doing in, in, in spite of this iniquity? Am I, 
choosing to take it lying down or am I actually being proactive and doing something about it? I like to think that I'm doing pretty good. Uh, you know, I like to tell myself that you're doing the best that you can and you are trying. Yeah, as long as it's truth, right? Only you know. And so, you know, can anybody improve? Absolutely. Everybody can improve. Every father can improve. And, and I am on that journey. I've seen, a, you know, in my group, I see a lot of the fathers, man, they show up and they want to be there and they, they post, you know, pictures of them with their children. And it's so inspiring to see others on the same journey. And, you know, I have no understanding of a father in Michigan. I have no understanding of a father in Florida. I have no understanding of other fathers wherever they are. They all have different circumstances, different scenarios, situations, experiences, memories, and, and trauma maybe that they've endured growing up. They've gone through different things. We're all different age from different times, grew up with different desires and likes and different TV shows and toys and have different siblings and all these scenarios and different, like, things that have happened to each of us by no means can I be encompassing and say that you should do this or you should do that my my mere thing was just this is what works for me and this is what I'm trying to do and what I'm starting to figure out and you know take it or leave it like you know I've, I've asked questions in the end of my episodes of like you know to, to press on some you know buttons it's just like you know You've heard the questions before. They're not coming to my mind right now. <laughs> you know, today's episode is just like, you know, what are you currently doing right now that contributes to a result for your children? Ideal or 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 less than ideal. Because these are important conversations. These are these are a part of what our children are gonna become. For me, my dad was always out. Prayer meetings, visitations, traveling, mum mom was always there with us and my mom's upbringing alone wasn't easy either it was a it was a difficult one she was the fifth daughter the youngest youngest daughter but she had two younger brothers beneath her but in in my culture men are valued you know higher and so she was technically the youngest and so she had four sisters riding her on everything um and then the two younger brothers who you know, we're, we're called on to make decisions and stuff around the house. She was the youngest. And so, you know, the, the dish drying example that I gave, you know, I don't, I don't, I didn't fully, I don't fully blame her. Like I don't, it's not her fault, you know? And, and that's interesting segue because my mom actually called me this week and she was like, I saw what you wrote about me on the, uh, in a post that you made. And she, you know, obviously was upset and, and she, she, she I don't know, took it, took it. And, but, you know, she also cared. She was like, you know, how are you, son? Like, are you okay? Like, I didn't, I didn't intend for that to happen to you. And, you know, this goes back to the premise that everybody, every person operates from a position of good intention. And... She was well-meaning, you know, even though it created this vacuum, I guess, inside of me where it was just like I'd never be able to do anything right and never be able to perfect anything. I, and, yeah, you know, to say it like that, it's like, yeah, can you ever be 100% perfect? Perfect. No, you cannot. And so, you know, that is both at the crux of it and, and you know, what leads this is like, you know, 
yeah, we could never be, you know, perfect. But at the same time, it's like we should still celebrate. Like we should still celebrate that we got close, that we got there. And so, you know, even using that example, it's like, have I done that in the past with my children where it's like went straight to criticizing and went straight to saying something, recommending something that is entirely subjective? It doesn't matter. You can bring a thousand people and a thousand people all do it differently. There's like no perfect way. It's not like a game of Tetris where it's just like, well, I mean, even then game of Tetris, Tetris is like, you know, hey, why are you putting that block there? Like, why don't you, you know, put it to the left a little more? You know, each person does best of what they feel is best. Like they can attack it in so many different ways. And, and there's so many variety of ways to do it. And so maybe that's a, a, a terrible example, like a puzzle. I don't know. Ugh. Excuse me, I'm not sleeping very well, especially with this illness. Um, but it'd be even a puzzle, right? You you go to put a piece down. You know, where, where do you start? Do you start in the middle? Do you start in the sides? Do you start in the corners? Like, you know, like where do you start? Oh, you just try to find, you know, patterns and, you know, try to put those things together. I guess in that sense, it's a bad analogy also. Um, yeah, so, you know, it's an entirely subjective thing. And so I don't think I... I've tried my best to not do that anymore, to realize that we must approach it with constructiveness. Like, and you would just think about ourselves, you know, what, how do you like when somebody gives you feedback? Like, do you like giving them the negative stuff first? Like, let's just say they're still riding a high of, you know, having accomplished something. And if your first thing, the first thing you address is something negative or something you would do better it doesn't land well it it really depends on the person so i like to tell people that i can take whenever whatever it is you want to give me in the moment no matter how negative it is because i'm always wanting to improve myself like i'm always trying to grow myself and so it's different for me than it is for somebody else but as a child i think we all know we really have to like bring it down to their level. If you approach it every situation like that, like it did, like it happened for me, you bring about these things where it's like, well, then you'll feel inept. You'll feel like you can't do it. And, and that, that perpetuated that actually happened, like brought about this thing for me. It's this thing I call trauma, right? I'll just call it trauma. And and, and I had to catch myself whenever I did that to my children was that are you is this even a mountain worth dying on it's a drying rack for goodness sakes like my, my kid doesn't do the dishes just yet you know we're working on that still but like there will come a day there's other things too that I'll do that in like one of them is like super like inconsequential it's like video games you know i don't know about you sometimes when you're watching somebody play or or even just like watching your wife drive like <laughs> hopefully you're not listening to this with your wife in the car but you know sometimes when you watch your wife drive you're just like Ugh, like whoa 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 like blind spot like holy you gotta whoa 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 like you know you gotta check and you just can't help but like go and try to reach for the the wheel 
And like, if given the opportunity to drive, you're like, you think you play all the scenarios in your head and you're like, yeah, I'll drive, you know, like, nah, I don't like, I'll, I'll just do it. Like, I'll we just like, like to wrest control back into our hands. And how much of this conversation is, is about control and, and our unwillingness to like, let it go and to, 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 to relinquish it. Um, you know, interesting topic because as fathers, uh, and, and, you know, I, my wife and I took part in this like um, parenting conference thing. It's called uh, Parenting Done Right. And, you know, it, it has a religious, I mean, it was, it was, it was a faith thing, you know, Christian parenting and all this stuff. And, and, you know, the, the person who was leading what was like, you know, our role as parents, okay, just picture this, we are the buffer, not the buffer, but we are, we are the earthly parents of these children. And so, you know, picture yourself standing um, in a field and, you know, the field of life, and you are holding on to your little child's hand and you guys are walking together. Now, me, when I'm picturing that, I'm holding my child's hand, but in the other hand, I'm holding God's hand. Like I am walking with the Lord in my own walk. I am, I am facing up to my iniquities. I am answering to my sin. I am confessing them to God and I am being convicted of them. I am walking through life as a child myself, holding God's hand, my father's hand. At the same time, I'm holding my son's hand and he's going through life and he's watching his father and he is learning about himself through his father. He's learning about his father through himself. Like he's, he's through life too. And the analogy he gave was that as we're walking in life and your son or your daughter is growing, is, is growing older and older and we are teaching them things and we're teaching them about God, about, about the God that I am holding hands to, we are slowly bringing their hands together bringing our child's hand and God's hand together. And at some point, whatever age that is, 18, 21, 24, 25, you got to let it go. You just bring their hands together and you just need to let it go. You need to let go of the control of that. We cannot hold on to our children for the rest of their lives. If we want them to truly flourish and to grow, we have to be willing to let it go. We have to be willing to relinquish that control and just watch them fly and watch them soar and watch them go through life um, with God and their own relationship. Because one day he's going to have his own son. One day my daughter's going to have his her own son or her own daughter. And then I get to see that journey unfold before me. They have to figure it out from then on. But until then, I am still holding on to my son. I am still holding on to my daughter. And I am holding on for dear life with God. Just holding on. And he's obviously holding on to me. So it's not like, you know, it's, it's all just me. But like, it, it's a it's a beautiful picture. Uh, you know, I, I'm ha I have a ball in my throat just like thinking about it because it's 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 a it's a beautiful representation of what life is, is, is like. You know, if you don't believe in God, you know, you could just think about, hey, you're holding your, your dad's hand and you're, you, everything you've learned from him, you are growing together. But like, you know, the bringing of the hands, obviously, that doesn't work for that analogy, right? It's like at, at some point, maybe for you, you're just holding on to your son or holding on to your daughter. And at one point, you just got to, let them go. You got to let that hand go because you can't, you're not there to hold on to them forever. And they need to be able to grow and learn from, from, from life and, you know, approach things in life. It's not that you can't catch them or you can't walk alongside them and you can't, you know, help them whenever things get 
tough or, or rough, but like we need to let, let that go. So, you know, I posted a long time ago, this meme that this guy posted and, and, you know, it says, you know, we only have 18 summers, you know, if you think about it, it's actually not a lot, right? I'm already seven in and, you know, I'm still holding onto my son's hand, teaching him things every single day. I'm learning things from God every single day. And I'm, I'm doing that with the express purpose of knowing who my God is because I need to show that example to my son. And, you know, that's a, that's a very important topic. And so, you know, the, the, the thing about laziness and, you know, cooking food for my son, sometimes I'll procrastinate and not want to do it. But in reality, it's like, it set, it sets a tone, that decision to not do, to not make him a, a nourished meal will affect his results in school. And so my direct actions have repercussions even if it's laziness from not doing something, it will bring about an, a result. And so, you know, what's that saying of, you know, for every action, there's a greater or, or, or equal or greater reaction. Um, yeah, I think that's how it goes. Um, and, and, you know, whenever you're, you know, I've done the mental gymnastics and mental jujitsu into this stuff is like everything is connected, right? Every action is connected. You, you know, you, you don't do, do, do one thing. It equates to something else. It'll, it'll bring about some other result that you are not anticipating. And yeah, sure, you might think that you've gotten away with it, but I'm telling you, man, you haven't. Even mere thoughts that you make, that you, that you fabricate in your mind equates to something later on. Like you can think that you're not good enough or that, oh, I'm, 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 I'm good looking you know, even just like that thought of, oh, you know, I have, I have, a, I have an advantage and you manipulate that advantage and you continue to manipulate that advantage. Eventually it's not going to, it's going to wear out. You're not going to continue looking handsome. You know, you can't hold on to that for the rest of your life. And what does that look like? Well, what happens to the results at that point? Suddenly you're lost, right? Because you, you relied on this surface level thing. You know, I'm just, providing an example right just one singular example of of what that would look like in life and, and you were, we're in this day and age where uh, i was listening to a friend of mine's podcast um and he was interviewing this guy um elliot hulse who is like a, a strength coach that's what he calls himself and um you know this world that we're a part of and i think that that episode was like a few years back and already it was already kind of like you know this this struggle between feminine and masculine right we have so much of our world is slowly turning into this feminine thing where it's like not accounting for the necessity of masculinity and you know attacking of men attacking of fathers and their rights and and you know attacking you know inherent truths and and just like fundamental truths are now arguable and that you can identify as anything you want you know and you can be whatever you want and like i don't think people are like we're cluing into what does this mean like we just like it, it it's just like it's just like tech like you just oh let's just put this out there and see what happens like social media might be a great example of that we're like oh that's so cool we're all so connected and you know get to see and reconnect with friends from high school or for element from elementary school yeah we have these good byproducts of it but we, ha we haven't seen over time what does that look like 
a lot of people would like to say, oh, yeah, you know, hey, you got the COVID vaccine. And so, you know, who knows what that's going to look like 30 or 40 years from now, you know, or like there's so many things that we just like release out there. And then you're just like, oh, this seems good in the moment. And then later on, you're like, oh, yeah, actually, that wasn't good. Oh, asbestos. Oh, sorry. Like we didn't realize this actually causes cancer. So now like we can't be using it anymore. Like how much of that do we do in fatherhood too, right? When we think that, oh, in the moment is fine. Oh, I, I'm not, I'm not uh, cooking lunch for him this one time, you know? Like, it, it equates to something. It brings about some kind of result. Don't lie to yourself. So I want you to be critical about that. About that. It's like, where are you currently at? Like, I don't, I have no, like I said, I have no way of understanding where you're presently at in your journey as a father, as a man. But like, you can ask these questions of yourself. What are the answers that come to you? Don't walk away from it. Don't shy away from it. Is the work that you're currently doing something that brings you to life? Like, are you choosing your family? Or are you choosing this work? Are you choosing this salary? Because you do have a choice. You do have a choice. I made that choice whenever I was, you know, pursuing carpentry. I, I was like, oh, maybe I'll be a, 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 you know, go into the trades and, you know, one day run my own trades company. And I saw my boss and I was like, dude, your life is like, that is not the lifestyle I want. Divorced, estranged relationship with wife and with a daughter. Like, and he's just like chain smoking and people are falling off. Like, you know, like there's, there's the employee turnaround is just like, it was ridiculous. Like in one summer, we went through like four or five people. Like there was nobody that was there. Nobody stuck around. The company culture was like, and also he's just micromanaging. It was like, this isn't the person I want to work for. And and so like something I had to give. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> I'll probably have to cut that out somehow. Um But like I, I knew something needed to happen. I needed to change that. I was only spending like an hour or two hours a day with my children, including including dinner, and and that was not that was not the life I wanted to live. That was not what I wanted to do. So you can imagine what that was like for me. I, I made the decision. I had to, I had to be a man. I had to make that decision and, and, and to stop doing it. And, and, and I quit. It, it just made sense. And I can't tell you how much peace I felt doing it. Did my mind go crazy about how am I going to pay the bills or what am I going to do? And, you know, got to, got to, you know, provide for my family course absolutely man like that's not easy but what do you value more like what what is more valuable right and so you know i made it out i made it out the other end and and so that's my encouragement to you like hey like you probably have dreams and don't think about those dreams from a negative perspective in a pessimistic way thinking that it's not it's going to turn out bad. Like there's a total other, other dimension of possibilities available. What if it goes extremely well? What if it goes so extremely well that your wife doesn't have to work and you just spend all this time with your children? There's an upside to everything. Every reaction, every action has a, has a, has a reaction, right? It can go the positive way too. But you must become something and you must want it. 
If you let your fears dominate you, you won't end up anywhere. Building this podcast, building the father's group, building my coaching practice, working in the nonprofit, everything that I'm doing is all building towards a dream. Not only is it a dream for myself, but also a dream that God has given me. Like I feel very much called to serve my community of fathers, of people out there. I've coached, um, I've coached so many people in a variety of different things, and I'm, I'm just blown away by how profound it is that I can just do that through the art of listening. Something so minuscule as just actively listening to somebody, holding space for them unconditionally, and just loving on them can bring about this crazy result in all of them. And so I want you, I want that for people. I want that for fathers because that's how we break generational trauma. That's how we break generational damage is we have to reverse engineer. We have to go back to the drawing board. We are living in a uh, an age of conformity. We're just doing what everybody else is doing and and we we don't even have this uniqueness. We don't have any any uniqueness to what we do we we're given so much just think about yourself what are things that you you're not weird let me tell you that you are not weird i don't care what the world has said about you goodness look at my name theophilus Zhuang, left-handed born in a town called three hills in the middle of nowhere alberta in canada born into a pastor's family missionary's family grandmother was a female police chief one of 12 people in a in a in the room that embalmed chairman mao himself like there's so many things about my life growing up i was like man i thought that had a female brain if you remember from a few few episodes ago i said that about myself right i thought i was weird i was like why am i so why am i this way and then at the age of 20 my my like overnight my head my head changed colors like my skin turned white and my hair turned white and like I just didn't know what to do with that you know I was dealing with a lot of stresses at the time and I didn't know how to deal with those things I thought I was super weird I thought I was like a strange like an alien or something to this planet Christian right just like what else was there there's tons of things actually I, I remember writing a post like of of all these weird things about my life I was born on St. Patrick's Day you know, one of the luckiest days of the year, right? Leprechauns and Ireland and all this stuff, right? Like, you know, I, I just, I always thought my life was just like a weird, like, like, like God was being funny. Like he was just hilarious, you know? And so maybe I'm the perfect person to tell you that whatever you're facing, man, whoever you are, you are not weird. You are made special, man. You are special, and you have things that you can use and leverage for the betterment of this world. And there's a contribution for you to make that only you can make to an audience only you can speak to. I can't, I can only speak to my audience. You can speak to your audience, given whatever it is that you've, you've faced in the past, the experiences, the memories, the things that you've learned growing up. Maybe you lost a loved one. Maybe you, your parents were part of a divorce, but then something happened. Like God has something for you. So I don't want you to dream small in that situation. 
I want you to think about the limitless possibilities that are available to you. Get out of that sandbox in your elementary school and get in the rocket ship and go into the universe, man. Like, there's so many things. Not just for your own sake, man. Don't think about this from your own sake. For your children as well. You're, gonna, you're seeing them. You, you've watched them develop and grow from this tiny little peanut to, to where they are now. Your, your children are probably, every single day, they're developing more character. And you're learning more about this person. Wouldn't you want this person to grow, to be the best that they can be, to reach their utmost potential, whatever that is? Then, Dad, you got to do it first yourself, man. If you're not able to even conquer this job that you, that you hate and you, that sucks and drains your energy and drains your life, find another way to generate something for yourself and for your family, to provide for your family. How can you tell your children to face whatever it is this world brings? Inflation's going up. We got all the supply chain issues. We got countless things. Just think about it. You don't even have to have me reference it all. What is going on in our world right now? You, you're seeing it. What does that require? Does that require weakness? Does it require aloofness? Does it require like fear and like a reactive response? No, it requires a proactive response. It requires us to be proactive, to balance that feminine and masculine, to show the world how to bring about a good balance. Your children can only get that from one place and that's from you. It's whenever children, whenever fathers and parents do not raise their children that the kids go to school and any given Joe Schmo teacher can come and tell them, hey, you can identify as a carrot, you can identify as a VCR, you can identify as an A-track tape. Like, we need to be on top of it, okay? And so, yes, your children may learn this in school, but guess what? You have the right to solidify that information or not in your own life and in your own words. Your words are important, but your actions are even more important because if they're not congruent, then your children are going to sense that and you are not reliable to them. Your children are smarter than that, man. I'm sure there's studies out there you can find of infants recognizing the voices of their mothers and voices of their fathers. Okay? They're not stupid, all right? I don't care what you think. They're not stupid. And so it requires us to be more proactive. I mean, unless you're willing to take that gamble, Like, by all means, go for it. Like, if you're willing to risk it and just let your, and and just be lazy and just procrastinate your way through fatherhood and not say things and not act on things and not be proactive and not do it for the sake of doing it, right? Like, live it, actually live it. Last week I talked about people who give money to people and then, you know, make a show of it and and try to, you know, manipulate and, and, get something out of that right and then they make money on top of that like when was the last time you did something for the sake of enjoying it right like not just going to the gym because you want to get shredded right when we get go to the gym for because of self-respect or that you that you want to love on yourself right that's a better byproduct how about working to enjoy the work that you're doing that you love, that you love it, you enjoy it, or because you want to, you want to serve your boss. That's a better byproduct. So, I mean, these are things that I want to convict you on. You know, I don't work a job; I run my own business. It's not the same thing, I guess you can say. 
but like where where we start with the genesis of the information the genesis of the action is important why am i building this business if i told you that i was building this business for, you know to, to buy a lamborghini one day it changes it right it changes why we're doing it it, it changes the the journey itself you know i'm i'm doing this because i care because i want to impact and change the world that my children are a part of and i want to do it from a position of of experience and in my own life and so i have to live that first and so everything that i'm talking to you about i'm trying to do in my own life by no means am i the perfect example by no means am i the the epitome of what a father should look like i am not perfect my wife will tell you that she will tell you that but we're all work in progress and so I hope you make do, make best, make the best of this time that you're given as a father. Remember, I'm holding on to my son and I'm holding on to God's hand and I'm trying to bring that together. The time that I have while I'm holding my son, where their hands are not close enough to touch, touch one another yet, that I am doing the best that I can. And I hope that you're doing the best that you can. I sh I'm very passionate about this. Like I, I really think that noble fa a father of nobility is something the world needs more of. We have too little of that in this world. And so I hope this encourages you, getting a little fired up about it. But I, 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 wanna, I wanna commend you. If you're doing it, keep up the good work. And if you need help, please reach out to me. Don't go it alone. You are not alone. And it might not be me. It might be somebody else. Get the resources, go read books. Watch those YouTube videos. Continue to do something about it. Don't just take your hits lying down. Don't come home and just turn on the TV and throw in some football. It, you, there's a time and place for that. Be present with your children. Appreciate and learn who they are. Get to know them on a deeper level. Take the longer way around. Take the longer way home from school. Make the time. Go play with them. Just, just do something with them, anything. Tonight is a great example. Tonight is Halloween. Go and spend the time with them. Have a conversation with them. Go knock on a few doors by yourself with your son, with your daughter. Opportunities are always around you. And if you're thinking that there's no opportunity, I'd like to challenge you on that. Let's have a conversation. Tell me about your situation. And I guarantee you I can find a creative situation for you to be in. I can find ways for you to be closer with your children. Okay, the invitation is out there. Now it's all on you. So thank you for listening to this episode. You know, I hope that it spurs something in you. And, and I hope that it, it didn't rub you the wrong way. I'm not, I'm trying to be convicting. And I do it from a position of love. And so wherever you are, whatever you're facing, I just pray for you. God's going to do something amazing to your life and that there's no small thing that you're listening to this podcast right now. So I hope it really helps you and I hope it benefits you. If you have any feedback of any kind, positive or negative, please shoot them to me. I'd love to help and I'd love to continue to make this better. You know, I have great dreams and big dreams for this podcast and for this group and my own business. And so I get to make those decisions. And so, you know, whatever it is that would be beneficial to you, please let me know. And I'll see you next week. Take care. Bye for now.
Please show your support for the Noble Father podcast by recommending the podcast to your family and friends. You can also subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating and a review. And also, if you know a father who is interested in a regular meetup every week where they can show up authentically and share the best parts of themselves, some of the struggles they're going through, some of the wins that they have, and even some lessons to bless other fathers with, and um, also have them in our Facebook community, um, just a bunch of men who genuinely care about one another and just share space and hold it for one another. Thank you very much for listening to the Noble Father Podcast. Until next time, bye for now.